You're listening to a podcast from Grace Church in Salado, Texas. For more information and resources just like this, visit us online at gracesalado.com. All right, stretching, moving those shoulders. Yeah, the delts are ready. <laughs> you know what they say, you don't want to start a podcast without getting your delts ready. <laughs> All right. Well, hello and welcome to the Grace Church Slato podcast. My name is David Laws. I'm the Associate Pastor of Engagement and Operations here at Grace, and I'm joined by Jason Goings, my good friend and pastor of Preaching and Vision at Grace Slato. So Jason, thank you for being here. Had a uh, big week with Super Bowl and Valentine's Day and all kinds of fun stuff going on. Absolutely. Kid stuff and basketball games and you've been sick and you're well now. You got better. I survived. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, made it through back to the other side. Uh, Well, for those of you who are listening for the first time, we do this podcast each week for one reason and one reason only, and that's so that you would come away loving God's Word more and knowing how you can apply it to your daily life. Uh, And we want this to be a gospel-centered, gospel-driven, gospel-proclaiming encouragement in your week. And so this week, our life verse is from Philippians 3, verse 8. Uh, Jason, you want to mix it up this week, and you, you read it for us? Sure. Uh, Paul writes, indeed, I count everything as a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. A little longer this week. Yeah, I just as you were reading that, I was like, man, we need to recruit Bill Armitage to come in here and read, <laughs> yeah. read our life verse for us this week, like he did on Sunday this past week. But you know, Jason, as we as we look at Philippians 3 here, can you just break it down for us? You know, who's talking? Who's he talking to? What's he talking about? What is the author's favorite color? Uh, what's what's going on in Philippians here? So the short answer to that those rapid questions are, Paul, he's talking to the reader. He's talking about Jesus, and his favorite color is blue, of course. Done. We can call this <laughs> so, week a wrap. We have, we have exposited it. <laughs> so my, my question uh, as we begin to look at this is to, to ask, you who are listening and you, David, um, have you ever planned out your year or your month or your week or your day? It felt really confident. Like if I get to accomplish these goals or if you, if you have this confidence of, wow, I'm going to aspire to become or do all these things. Um, and you really felt good about that, right? Have you ever done that? Well, usually I can't look more than like 24 hours ahead of time. So that's like a daily thing for me. This is my next 24 hours. If I can knock all this out, it's going to be a win. There's, there's something exciting about taking the time to, to put some effort and some thought into here's the goals. Here's what I want to accomplish and looking at that and going, okay, this is going to be great. This is going to be a great day, great year. Um, and then have you ever had those times when, like within five minutes of that planning, something happens and it's like, whoa, okay, this just messed everything <laughs> up. Um, well, Paul Paul isn't any different than us. Um, he had different ideas for his life. In fact, we see before he encountered Christ, verses four through six, he, we are reminded of what he was all about. He was very driven. He had a lot that he was he was pressing into. Uh, then he he really met Jesus, and it changed everything. So as the planner, as the goal-oriented guy, he even talks about that in verses 4 through 6 in Philippians there. Um, he comes to find Jesus, and he realizes that nothing compares, nothing even comes close to knowing um, and living for Jesus. His, his treasure map is now different. His treasures and his goals have now been... Uh, his previous treasures and goals have been trumped by 
the greatest treasure, uh, the majestic Lord, Savior, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, um, who was the very person that he had as his agenda to cancel now becomes his very treasure. And so, um, so that, that's part of what's going on here. His goals, his agenda, his purpose in life radically were altered, uh, and he likes it. Yeah. Now. <laughs> and so, you know, when you take that context and start to consider the meaning of, you know, what's, what's he saying here, what are some of the things that stand out to you there? Uh, so, you know, he's, again, part of, part of the context is what's happening here is it's not just his life change that he's talking about. He's, he's basically is saying like our song that we sing all the time is, yeah, Jesus is better and he's better than life without him. And he's better than everything he's writing from prison. Um, so it's not just that he planned his year and his life. He actually was planning his agenda post Christ. Like, and, and, and even that has been interrupted by, uh, by this imprisonment. And he finds himself now in chains and his plans and his, his agenda, um, is different. And, and so going back to your, what was your question again about? Like, well, just the meaning, you know, I was curious about what you saw as kind of some primary like takeaways from this passage, but even like with what you were just saying, it struck me that, you know, Paul had this course for his life that God in a very dramatic way intervened and flipped him in a 180, right? He's going around killing Christians and then that, that mission changes and now he's creating Christians. Like that's very, very dramatic. Yeah. And I was thinking, for a lot of us, man, it's almost a challenge that it, it's not always that dramatic of a shift, you know, because we come from this place where maybe we're probably already trying to be a good person or kind of live a moral life of some sort. But then when Christ, you know, collides with our life and we're, we're saturated by His grace and saved and become part of His family and enter His kingdom, um, you know, I wonder if there's there are some unique challenges that come with that because it can be easy to not count those things as rubbish because they don't seem like they're in opposition to God's mm-hmm. kingdom. Yeah. You know, like, oh, we weren't not, out there trying to destroy the church. Yeah, yeah, so I don't need to get rid of this. It's not an outwardly bad thing. Mm-hmm. I don't need to get rid of this because it's not an outwardly bad thing. Like, they're not rubbish, you know. It's and, yeah. But, well, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Like, as Well, as, I think how what helps me with this passage is is I don't think Paul's— just referring to his former life. I think he's also referring to that even his agendas as a saved man were interrupted and and now he's in chains and he's if you look at the whole context of Philippians, he's like, you know what? For me to live as Christ and to die as gain. I'm now in chains. I didn't expect to be in chains. Um, so let me put things on the scale. And so look at this verse again and there's there's a couple of words that pop that can kind of help us answer the question you're asking is he says, indeed, I count everything. So hold on to that word, everything I lost because of what the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, for the sake of suffering, the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order to gain Christ. So what is he doing here? He's putting, it's like, he's weighing these things. The word, everything is everything, not just, my life before Christ, even my agenda to go to Rome, okay, or my, I'm wanting to go see these families, whatever, okay, everything, surpassing worth, is talking about the, the great worthiness of Christ, and it's all rubbish, like, the, it, as he puts everything on the scale next to Christ, 
the it just com- the scale almost just topples over because of the surpassing worth of Christ. And so um, I think it's beautiful in that, um, yeah, we weren't out destroying the church, and yeah, we're not out trying to do it, but but everything, our agendas for our children, like what we're thinking, like our best case scenario, put that on the scale. It doesn't mean it's conflicting with Christ. Just weigh the worth of the dream that you have of maybe your daughter marrying the perfect guy or your son going to Harvard or whatever it is and compare those good goals to the worthy beauty majesty of Christ. Even the good things that we can fathom aren't. Yeah, I think that's a great clarification. It's not always bad versus good. Like it can be good versus the best, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And, you know, one thing that struck me too, like with that counting everything a loss, that means good things, bad things, like everything, plans, successes, failures. This is ultimately, this verse for me, it's answering the question of what ultimately matters. Like what, what really matters when you're, when you're 90 years old and you're looking back at your life and you're thinking, what mattered and what didn't matter. Mm. For me, this is Paul weighing those things, yeah, you know, and he's verbalizing that that thought process that like none of it mattered. All those times I screwed up and thought I was an idiot and I'm, and I, you know, I messed up. It doesn't matter. And all those times where I crushed it and I was the greatest Pharisee and I knew all these things and did all these things right, mm. it didn't matter. All those things are worth. Well, the way I would probably say it, I th- I, th- I don't want to discount things are saying they may not matter. I like how Paul, what's the most worthy, like of, it's the context of what's the most, he considers the things that maybe are good. uh, Instead of saying that they're not mattering, he's saying compared to the worth of Christ, they're like rubbish. Like Christ is so worthy, so great. If I lost, so going back to the context of Philippians, if I've lost everything, I still have Christ. If I gain everything, Christ is still better. Yeah. So it's the worthiness of, and so it goes to the song that we sing, you know, basically he's better. Jesus is better. So Yeah, and just kind of that idea that there is an eternal weightiness to Christ, that, yeah. that you just, nothing can compare to that. Like you can't find something as good as it is or as bad as it is. Nothing's be able to match to that level mm-hmm. of glory, that level mm-hmm. of, of worthiness. Yeah, yeah. And so that's why I try to is we move into an application of this verse. There's there's several things that come to my mind. Um, it I think it's that people might think this is a little bit too rigid or whatever. I think it's important to begin and and even maybe end each day placing things sort of on the scale, like oh I accomplished these things today. And, and again, I'm not going to try to put weight on, does this matter more than this or that, that like just and, and compare it still to the worth of Christ. Christ is better. Christ is better. What happened today? What am I planning tomorrow? Put it on the scale, compare it to the, the beauty and the majesty of Christ. So how do we apply this? Well, instead of putting Jesus as a list on a list from one to 10, put Jesus as the hub of the will with everything that we care about as being spokes where Jesus is at the center. Like he's the worthy one, the cornerstone that holds everything together. Uh, my wife doesn't hold everything together. My, my accomplishments for the day shouldn't be the center. Christ is the only one who should is worthy to be at the center of everything that comes out from the center. Um, and so I think 
what we should take from this is we must seek to know Jesus more and more. We must seek to know him more than we seek to know fill in the blank. Yeah, I was you even know. thinking about like it could be a very helpful practice for people to have a regular, consistent daily time of just auditing uh, what am I spending my energy on? What am I yeah. spending my thoughts on? What things am I having the largest emotional reaction to? Because it's a good chance that those are the things that are most likely to be competing with Christ. You know, when it comes to what do I care about? Like those are all indicators of what's going on in our heart, like where we're spending our time, where we're spending our energy, where we're spending our resources and emotions. That's a probably a really clear glimpse into what we're caring about and prioritizing. And so, so I was even thinking just that alone. Yeah. So let me piggyback off that. This thought just hit me as you were talking. My back. I have a bad back, so don't piggyback too. <laughs> I uh, are you calling me fat? I'm calling you six four. <laughs> so, and <laughs> um, the uh, I I think one thing that's that we we want to do is like we we want to. It's political season. You know, elections are you know early early voting's happening now. Is let's let's learn to know everything we can about this candidate, and then we think we have this very clear understanding about this candidate or this person and their policies. Nothing wrong with that, right? Um, but we've seen how that happens, how elections sway and, and the emotions get a hold of people. They go way over the edge. And this is where we say, okay, everything you know about candidate A, whether you like it or not, still there's there's nothing that compares to knowing Jesus. So, Great, know your candidates, know their policies, but still go after Christ. Go after Jesus. I'll give you another example of that that shows a part of my dark side. Um, so I can enter a gym. My son just finished his last district game, you know, as a senior basketball player. So four years, varsity basketball. Um, and almost always somebody that comes to the game, they'll lean over to me, what do you know about these refs? And I can tell you. Every I've seen them, I've watched them, and I will give my opinion. And usually, my opinion will also dictate how much grace I give <laughs> or how frustrated I get. Right? And I shouldn't know referees more than I know my Jesus, more than I know Christ and what He's promised. And so, from the small, silly things like knowledge of a politician to referees to my own sin, you refer to it, your own successes. Let's know Jesus even more. Let's go harder after him, learn him, never get tired of coming to the throne and just talking with Christ, um, talking with the Father and and praising him for sending the Son, things like that. So. Well, and I think about the value of recognizing what matters, like realizing how, how much worth is in Christ. Uh, the good thing about having those values aligned is that your priorities tend to fall in place after that. Like when you can yeah. recognize, okay, this is what matters, then naturally the way you spend your time is going to change. And the way you're spending your thoughts and your your energy, all those things begin to realign themselves once your your focus is on what actually matters, you know? And I and so you just summed up the book of Philippians. Like that's what Paul's doing. He's finding himself life interrupted in jail. He hadn't planned any of this. And he's there. And what is he doing? Well, for me to live as Christ, I consider everything else a rubbish compared to Christ. He's not saying everything is rubbish. He's just saying compared to Jesus, there's no one better. So 
it could be at the end of the day, beginning of the day, you called it auditing, but I, I, I have in our little notes here, like that we would just say, you know, whatever the losses and the crosses are that we're bearing that day, whatever the raises or the promotions that we've earned that day, we take the time at the end of the day just to say, Jesus, you're still better. You're yeah. better than all of it. Well, and I was even thinking from like just a pastoral, you know, side of things, like how beautiful would it be to have our congregation as a whole be able to honestly and loudly proclaim, we consider everything a loss compared to that surpassing worth of knowing Jesus. Like, I'm just trying to think of how much joy that would create in, in our people. Like, if, if grace as a church, you know, were to be filled with people who could honestly say, I mean, I count everything a loss compared mm. to the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus, you know, yeah. and I, I long for that for, for us as a people. It's, and I do too, David. So what's, what's interesting is, what we end up doing is kind of what we've done with this podcast. We, we sort of do a lot of conversation about this topic, but it would probably be really good. Maybe one podcast where all we do is talk about the worth of Christ. He's this, he's this, he's done this. He's what, look what he's accomplished. Look what he's promising. Um, we're not doing that in this podcast today, but man, I encourage the listener, whatever you gotta do, turn off the radio, turn off the, you know, whatever you're, however you're streaming, spend the next 15 minutes. Mm. just thinking of the beauty of Christ and doing that, you know, it's good. Well, that's awesome. I love that. Maybe, maybe there'll be a part two at some <laughs> point to the, the podcast series, but you know, for those of you who are still listening, I know this is a longer episode today. Uh, we want to say thank you for joining us on the Grace Slato podcast. Uh, we hope that this discussion spurred you on in your love for Jesus and your love for people this week. And we'll see you next Wednesday for our episode on Hebrews 4 verse 16.